All right, all right. Welcome to the Strong Side Podcast. My name's Mitchell Black, and I'm your host. And uh, today, my voice sounds a little scratchy as my wife Kim was making fun of me. And uh, and we're gonna have a good episode here. So, episode forty-two, I believe it is, and we are gonna do an Ironman Chattanooga recap. So, me and my wife, and if you guys are viewing live right now, you can see her sitting next to me. You're about to hear on the podcast. Uh, we just participated in the Ironman Chattanooga yesterday, and this is our second full Ironman. Uh, a full Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, followed by a 112 mile bike, and then a full marathon, which is 26.2 miles. You do that uh, one after another. So you swim, and then you change as quickly as you can, and you bike, and you change as quickly as you can, and then you run. Uh, you have 16 hours, 16 or 17 hours to complete the whole thing, and there's check marks throughout the day. You have to be through the checkpoints at certain times for, to be allowed to continue. Um, and your your score per se is basically time. So the faster you get done with it, the faster uh, your the better your score. And uh, yeah, so now we're just gonna chit chat about our about our experience. Uh, we're sitting kind of upright. I'm pretty tired after yesterday. Very tired. Very and and Kim doesn't talk a whole lot. So we've done a lot of we've done a lot of coaching here. And, and also too, you guys, as we go through this podcast, you guys put a lot of questions on Facebook ahead of time and you should be able to comment right now and we can see any of your questions. Yeah, yeah I can see your questions. So, um, <clears throat> so where do you want to start Kimbo? Um, I guess on race day, day before, day before that. Yeah, you want to start with the fact that we've done one Ironman before? You want to talk about how that one went? That one went okay. Yeah. Well, the special thing about that one, and everybody hears about that one, is we found each other on mile 80 or 90 on the bike, and then uh, we got to run the whole marathon together. More like walked. More like walked. It, walked did, it didn't marathon. go well. The, the last one took 15 hours and 45 minutes on a 16-hour cap. Yep. Yep. We hardly made it. Yeah, didn't didn't train appropriately. I feel like this one was way better trained for, um, which leads to our first question. So we're going to kind of, we got an outline of what we're going to talk about here with the swim and transition and bike and run and all that. But a lot of people had questions. And remember, you can comment your questions and we'll answer them. But the first question we got was like, how much training? How much training do you have to do to do one of these things? Do you want to answer that, Kim? Um, I mean... I don't feel like I'm the best judge of training. <laughs> I'd say I know. So we didn't do we didn't train that much. Uh so I think that you need at least like eleven to fourteen hours a week, somewhere around there. Um, for for most people. I try to say like look at look at how long your goal time is for the race and try to do that in a week and then work it down from there. And then once you can do it in seven days, do it in like five days stuff like that. And that kind of like builds into your training a little bit, but I mean, I, I don't know. What are you thinking? I four mean, four I, days a week? Yeah. Four days a week. But like how long, like six months, a year? No, I'd say nine months, nine months. I'd say nine months, four days a week, two long days and then two moderate days. Yeah. Definitely at, didn't do that at minimum. That's what I would advise to the viewers at home. Right? <laughs> uh, so so let's talk about race day. So race day was literally yesterday. Today's Monday. You race on a Sunday. Um, I got 
I don't know about Kim, but I got three hours of sleep. I mean, I took melatonin. I was trying to sleep and I just couldn't go to sleep. And then when I finally did go to sleep, I'm waking up every 30 minutes because I'm so anxious. I, I swear I peed like 50 times in the middle of the night just from being nervous. Do you get that way? Yeah, but I don't think you got up. No, maybe I just laid there and I woke up and I was like, yeah. oh. I had great sleep till like uh, 11, 21 at night. 11 21 11 21 and then i was up and then i was just up until we got up yeah because we got up we got up at four in the morning uh to go to the race and we started going to bed at like 10 so i was thinking i'm gonna get six hours and then literally didn't sleep so i did the whole thing on no joke three and a half hours maybe yeah i agree yeah that was I'm a good time so what is uh you're, Kim's a big planner here, so they give you all these things like you got to get your bags and check in and stuff like that. As we're getting ready for the race, what uh, what are some things that you want to talk about with? So you have like you have like five bags, right? So you get ready for the day, and you have a bag. The cool thing about doing a full Ironman is they they kind of take care of everything for you. So you have your morning clothes bag. So you go down there and whatever clothes you're wearing before the swim starts, you put them in there, and then it shows up later in the race. It's magical. And then when you get out of the swim, you go to the bike, you have a bike bag that has all your bike gear in it. And then when you get from the bike to the run, uh, you have a run bag and it has all your run stuff in it. And then you're allowed halfway bags on the bike and run. And you use those, right? Like you put stuff in it that they have out there for you on the course if you want it. No, I put special things in it. Well, yeah. I mean, like, it's what do you special needs bag? What'd you put in there? I put lots of Uncrustables. Did you grab them? Did you stop and get them? Yeah, all of them. The whole box, all four. I got all four Uncrustables. And this is on the bike? Yep. So 56 miles in on the bike, halfway, you stop and you get your uh, your halfway bag and it has four Uncrustables in it. I didn't know that. Yeah, the whole box. I just put the whole box in. <laughs> um, lots of snacks, but I only took the Uncrustables. Maybe I took some like liquid IV or something because I didn't like the Gatorade on the course. Yeah, the Gatorade didn't sit well with me either. It was a different type of Gatorade. It was that Gatorade endurance stuff. Yeah, that you didn't don't like. nobody ever drink that. That's <laughs> terrible. I've gotten sick to my stomach twice on it. And I had ibuprofen, so I took some ibuprofen halfway through. I don't know. I did before, but I only took the Uncrustables. See, I don't, ibuprofen. I don't use the halfway bags. I'm just like, and I, you kind of pack the same way that I don't use Uncrustable or I don't use halfway bags. You pack a week before vacation yeah. and I'm like, well, if I forget anything, then I'll just get it while I'm there. <laughs> and I'm like, for me, I'm starting the race. I got my cliff bars. I'm like, well, there's water on the course. We'll be all right. Um, <laughs> but talking about morning of, so we get there, we have all our bags situated and you either, you're allowed one last time to go into the bags. You just have to check in your stuff the day before the race. Um, we had to check in our bikes like two days before the race. You're allowed to check in your stuff the day before the race, but the morning of, so we get on this bus and they take us down like two and a half miles to the swim start. And, um, I think, I think I had to nervous pee like three times. Yeah. You had a nervous pee before we got on the bus. Yeah. And so we waited, I don't know, 25 minutes in and, line. And which was so funny because all the emails were like, we have plenty of porter potties. And we got there and I was like, long line. And then we got to train or no, swim start. And then I think we waited, I don't know, at least 45 minutes. I mean, it felt like that long. Yeah. But I was really nervous. <laughs> I was really nervous and I had no sleep. 
So there's that. And then, so we're making our way down to the swim. And, uh, and so what is that like? Like, what do we do? We go down there. I peed five times and then we get in line. And we just wait. Yeah. There's like a big, I mean, they stick like 2,500 or 2,600 of you all like, like all together, which is fine. But like, you're just sitting there and you're like waiting and you like, feel like you're about to go into battle and, and they're just waiting to release the cannons for the water to, for the, uh, for you to get in the water. And we all just stand there and, um, they play some music. I did some dancing. She loves my dancing. She tells me all the time I should be a dance instructor. <laughs> She's just shaking her head no. And I uh, went out to the side. I had to do some push-ups. Had to get all, ooh, I was like, oh, man, I got to calm down. But, like, I mean, what? What's your, why, why do you get nervous before it starts? Like, there's literally, I mean, there's not that much pressure. You get, I get like, nervous before anything. You could tell me I have to just go run like a half mile in a race and I'd be nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered that because I get nervous too. And I'm like, there's not like, I'm not like running for money here. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's my own personal there's pressure life. to finish. Yeah. There's that pressure to finish and to perform well. Yeah. I get, but I get really nervous. And, uh, I, but, but the cool thing is, is so we entered the water together. So they walk you down on this dock. And at this point we have like our wetsuit, our wetsuits on, we've got our caps on, we've got our goggles on. And, uh, and this is when we talked about those bags earlier, like you go down to the swim start, not in your wetsuit, kind of like fully dressed. And then you change into your wetsuit, change whatever. And you have this white morning clothes bag and you put all your stuff in the morning clothes bag and you hand it to a volunteer and then they organize it and they bring it to all your stuff later in the day. So now we're in there. We got our wetsuits on, swim cap on, goggles, ready to go. <clears throat> they do the national anthem. They send out the pro men. Five minutes later, they send out the pro women. And then we go. And we got to basically jump in together. Mm -hmm. That was kind of cool. Yeah. We jumped in together last time. And all your nerves. How was it for you? Like my nerves, when it starts, they go away. Instantly. But I was dreading the swim. So I thought I'd be more nervous. But then... It was just so easy. Why were you nervous about the swim as a, as a collegiate swimmer? Oh, because I realized during training that I wasn't a swimmer anymore. Mm, oh, you've reached that age. Yeah, I'm old that? now. <laughs> uh, you haven't been in college in eight years. So it's like... Yeah, I'm too old. So swimming was hard. So I had to actually train for swimming this time. Yeah. Well, so the swim itself, though, was downstream, which was freaking glorious because the last time we did when we did Ironman Louisville what was your time an hour and eight minutes and mine was like 115 and I did 101 and you did an hour flat I mean that was that was awesome best swim ever yeah and they told us Adam Fetter shout out to Adam Fetter he gave me this tip before the race started and they said it again that like if you get in the middle of the water that's where the most current is and I was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that pro tip. That was fantastic. And I got in the middle of the water and looked, dude, I swear that I could feel, I know that lakes don't have waves, but I felt like I was just riding a wave. I mean, I'm not, I, I can swim as far as you want me to swim, but I'm not a competitive, like fast, good swimmer. And I felt like I was doing like that. You know how you guys like count your swim strokes? Like every single time you try to get it in less amounts. I mean, this is how you swim, right? You Only see this? if you're going like down in a lap. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I've never been able to do that because my stroke rate's too fast. But I felt like I was doing that. I felt like I was Michael Phelps. I was just reaching out. Woo. 
So, so, so basically, if you put a fan on me and put me in downhill stream, it was like swimming downhill. Then I'm, I'm watch out, Michael Phelps. Okay. It was good. So I don't know if you guys heard that, but I did it in like an hour. So. Hour and one minute. <laughs> hour and one minute. And I was kind of mad because I was trying to be like really patient, but I was like, man, dude, I didn't know that I was moving that fast. Like, I just kind of wanted the clock to say 59 minutes. If I knew that, maybe I would have pushed a little bit harder. But then I was like, nah, your ego is going to get in the way. And, and yeah. But it was cool before the swim started that, uh, I don't know if you think like this, but like getting motivated on the buoys, they said, hey, the buoys are one color till halfway. And then they change colors and the last one's red. Mm-hmm. They get you fired up. Um, the bridges got me fired up. Why? Why the bridges? Because I knew after three bridges I was done. Mm, yeah, that is true. And so we run around this corner, and then there suddenly there they were, the three bridges. And I was like, heck yes. The three bridges were cool to swim under, and it but the three bridges took me six hundred strokes to get under the last two why did you count that what else are you supposed to do oh my god you counted to 600 no i counted 20 breaths a lot of times so that was every breath is two strokes and it took me 600 strokes to get under the last two bridges i couldn't even tell you that's crazy that's what i did all righty so so that's the swim and, uh, but that actually going back to, I'm going to answer all the questions that you guys are commenting here in a second. So keep commenting. But, um, one of the questions that was asked before we did it was Kim was just talking about counting to 600 or whatever. What do you think about during the, the whole race? Like the whole Ironman, what are you thinking about? Lots of math. So I'm the weird one that doesn't, um, no, no Garmin watch. No, are you okay? Yeah, I just had something eye. No Garmin watch, no no bike watch or whatever they're called. No, no, nothing. I have nothing that tells me my time. So I just, you know, do a lot of math, like 600 swim strokes. And then you're out on the bike and you know you need to go at least 15 miles an hour. So every hour you have to do 15 miles, which is five miles every 20 minutes. <laughs> and then you get a mile marker every 10 miles. So you need to pass a mile marker every 40 minutes. And then you just know if you're ahead of schedule. Yep, I do. The, I do the same thing. But you wear lots of garments. So I just got this garment because it tells me like exactly where I'm at. Which, by the way, Jeff Coggins and Adam Fetter should either work for Garmin or get ten percent like on these commissions. So they knew they hooked me up. They set up my watch. I didn't know what I was doing. They set up everything the whole way through. Um, and uh, I mean that was pretty solid. But yeah, I'll do. I'll also play like mental mind games with myself like the whole time, like something to stay motivated. You know, I'm halfway to halfway or, you know, uh, okay, I just ran this mile. Like on the run, there's eight stations every mile, but they put them at the half mile mark. So I would like run and then I'm like, oh man, that was cool that I just passed that mile. I'm feeling a little tired. No, 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 bro. In a half mile, you get an aid station. Like, you know, like I'm always doing that with myself, like to break down the time and stay motivated. And I try actually not to think about the task. I don't want to think about swimming um, because then I'm going to like slow down and I don't want my mind to drift and think about something else. Like if I'm on the bike for six and a half hours, I don't want to think about, you know, strong side or something like, because what will happen is I'll slow down. I'll start thinking about the thing and I'll slow down. But I I met this guy on the run and we're talking for a little bit. We're on the second loop 
and he's like he he's like dude i'm getting beat up and uh he's like i don't want to do the second loop and all that stuff and i looked at him i said dude you're on the second loop there's only two you gotta stay positive think that every step you take you never have to do again you're on the second lap how cool is that and he's like oh that's a really neat way to stay positive and i was like yeah dude if you let the negativity seep into your brain you're done it's all about doing math staying positive because i think that like the math helps you win yeah i always count the miles backwards it's not like oh i've done yeah. i've done 30 miles on the bike no i only have 90 miles left yep all the time i love crossing over like it was a 116 mile bike I love crossing over the 16 mile mark and being like, yeah, 100. <laughs> I got less than a hundred miles left. Freaking in six hours. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Same on the run. Like only six more miles, six more. And then also shout out Janelle and Megan, because last Iron Man, I'm like, Oh, look at all these cute chalk writings on the ground that people get to see. And it was always yeah. the same person. Like the same person gets all these cute notes on the ground on their bike and their run. And I'm like, oh, they must have such a great support team. Well, they went and drove the whole 50-mile bike course and wrote us notes in the middle of the road that we could see the whole entire time. And that was pretty special because I would not say that the, the bike was super – I wouldn't say the whole race was very spectator-friendly. Not at all. Uh, meaning that you couldn't like see people a whole lot out there. So it was really neat to ride and I didn't know that they did it. And I just see like, you know, strong side Woodstock and like just like all this stuff down on the ground. I was like, Oh my goodness. That's so cool. Yeah. It was cool. Um, but talking about the bike, so going into the bike. So, so we get done with the swim and then you go into transition. And the thing that was different about transition this year is they didn't have that many like, like COVID protocols or whatever. But, um, one of the protocols that they had was you typically run into a big female tent and a big male tent and the tent has covered sides on each side. Cause you know, there's a lot of people in there getting naked. So now they just did one big open tent with no walls and they put a little black box in the middle. If you wanted to hop in this whole black box and change. Just a regular 10 by 10 pop-up tent. It seemed a lot smaller than 10 by 10. And I don't know why they didn't put a light in there. No lights. There was no lights. It was pitch black. And you were going to go hop in there and get naked and didn't really know what was going to happen once you get in there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I only had one other person in there. I just was like, I mean, we're all, I don't know what it was like in the women's thing, but the dudes, you know, we're not super organized to begin with. And it was just kind of like find a spot, rumble, yeah. you know, and I was like, I mean, it was fine. It was cool. Like we all got, we all knew what we were doing, like get in, get out. Yep. But, uh, but that made it, that definitely, made it a little definitely slower. Definitely needed a light though. Yeah. If I had a comment section, I would have said, yeah. put a light in the locker room. They didn't <laughs> use any of their lights. They didn't use the lights on the run either, though. Yeah. I don't think the light guy showed up to work that day. I agree. But, uh, but anyway, so then we get out and we get on the bike. And to me, the first, like, if you look at my split times, I'm doing, like, 20 miles an hour for the first, like, 20, 30 miles. It was a very fast out course. Like, I wasn't trying to go hard. It was just naturally faster. Um and I was pretty cool to like mile 70. 70. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you feel at like mile 70? At mile 70, how long were you out there for? I think I was out mile there. Mile 70, I was out there for three, five, five hours. 
No, it couldn't be that long because I was four out there maybe four and a half because I was at, it took me 345 to do 70 miles. Okay. Well, I don't know. Three, four and a half hours or so? so probably because I only beat you by 30 minutes on the bike. Yeah. 30, 40 minutes, something like that. Yeah. So maybe four and a half, 415. So you're already out there like four and a half hours. And at this time, you're just getting like not bored. You're getting very uncomfortable. Very You've sat uncomfortable. in the same position. You haven't seen anybody forever. Um, like well, no, you just went through that really good spot because you got your halfway bag. I didn't. Yeah, you did. Not the me. Half, yeah. I don't take mine. Well, you still had all the crowds. Yeah. Through that halfway bag area. Yeah, that's, that's true. And then you went like 10 more miles and then it was mile 70. I didn't really get frustrated till mile 80. So the cool thing about this Ironman is this is actually the longest Ironman in the world. Uh, they had to extend the bike course from 112 miles to 116 miles. And I didn't really mind that four mile extension until I was in the race. And then I was like, this is, uh, this is dumb. Mm -hmm. That was an extra 15 minutes to bike that. Yeah. And at mile 80, my body just started like, I mean, freaking you sit in the same position for four hours. Like you're not, and your legs never stop moving. Yeah. I was just tired. My butt hurt a lot. Like yeah. a lot. The and thing mile 70 is when you had all the rumble strips and the yes. bump and the watch out course caution or whatever it said. There was a very crappy section of road. That was mile 70 to 80. Yeah. At and then that miles. was also the big uphill. Yeah. The one big uphill. Yeah, I saw. And then on the second lap around that same uphill, like it was awkward if you weren't walking your bike up. Like I was one of the only people that rode my bike up there. Oh, we all rode our bikes. Well, good for you. I'm just saying where I was at. I'm just saying it was that steep. Well, I think it's illegal to walk your bike forward. You know, found that out in the rule book, right? That it's illegal to get off your bike and walk it forward. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, I did not. Yep. But yes, yeah, so there's only that. Did you think the bike course itself was that hard? Yeah, I thought the internet made it seem a lot harder than it was supposed to be. Yeah, and all these YouTube videos you watched. I watched about the run. The run. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, the, the bike itself, though, like 116 miles or 112 miles in a regular Ironman, it is hard. Like, it's very hard. But, but like, you have all these gears and, like, you can slow down. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're kind of, it's called uh, bike for show, run for dough. Like you're, you're, the bike is more about management. You win the thing in the run. So it's like when we start talking about the fatigue and the breakdown and why we feel so terrible today and stuff really has to do with the run. I think it's just your intensity management. Yeah. And the whole thing. I agree. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I wrote some notes down here. You got to help a guy on I the did. bike. I did. Did Good you get karma. his name? No, I don't think I ever saw him again. I don't even remember what he looked like. He was wearing white, maybe. Well, how'd you help him? Well, he popped his tire, I guess, and he yelled if anybody had some extra stuff, and I did because I carry a lot of stuff because I sure don't know how to change a tire, and I need a lot of extra things if I needed to do it. So what'd you, what's the extra stuff? What'd you give him? A little nitrous thing to fill mm. your tire up, basically air. Got it. And he said what? Thanks so much. Let me make sure it's good, though. <laughs> Just like, I got to go, bro. Hang out of here in case, <laughs> you know, I need another one. I told him I couldn't give him any more. Yeah, I'm like, I'm out. And he actually need one for me. Yeah. But he said he said it was going to be good karma for good you. Good karma. I think I had good karma. I didn't have a tire 
issue that my chain didn't fall off. Yeah. I was good because I sure don't know how to repair my bike. So me, me neither. I mean, I feel like I could, I don't know, but I don't want to, I don't want to find out. Um, but like very soon on the bike, I thought I popped my back tire and I like pulled over and looked at it for a second and kept going. But yeah, I was getting a little paranoid because I saw a lot of flat tires out there. Lots because the road conditions were so bad. And I think the people that have the carbon wheels, like the thicker wheels, the longer valve stems, um, increase your chance of getting a, a tube puncture. Yeah. I think so. But but the bike was good. Um, a lot of good scenery. A lot of good. There was like cows and stuff. Moo. It was a good time. You know. Good time. So then there becomes the run. So and and also too for all you guys commenting, we're gonna answer these uh at the end. So kind of hang out. Um but then you get into the run. All right. So like I said, the swim was almost downhill. It was super easy, super fun. The bike is more just about tolerance. I mean, 116 miles is not easy. I am not taking anything away from it. I'm just saying that you have gears. There's elements that you can manage. Um, there's just stuff you can play with, right? And uh, you can slow down if you want. But the run, so I did the half Ironman on this course in like May, and that was the hardest run course that I've ever been on in my life. It was terrible. Um, not really complaining. I'm just saying like it was, it was hard. So when you do the marathon run in an Ironman, let's start with the aid stations. How far are they? And like, what do you get? Like, what is an aid station? So, so Kim referenced this earlier in the bike, you're getting aid stations every 10 miles and in every, it's every mile on the run. So what's an aid station? What do you get? You get in the run. It, yeah. Let's talk about the run. You get water. Had, there was a song. Someone, one aid station had a song. Yeah. Water, Gatorade, Red Bull, ice at the end, snacks in the middle. Yeah. So they set out like, I mean, there's got to be at least 20, 30 volunteers at each aid station. Oh, and Coke. Yeah. And they set out like six, four or six four. sets of tables. And it's like one table was water, next table is Gatorade, then you have snacks, and then it's snacks and Red Bull and stuff like that, and then it's Gatorade, and then water. That's how it always ended, right? And you have ice. There was only four tables. Huh. All right. I don't, I don't Yeah, okay, maybe it was just four. But that's how they set it up. And then and then you get as much of it as you want. And um, so what did you get? So so you enter this run every – first off, my strategy was was run every mile, walk every aid station. Yep. What was your strategy? Run every mile, walk every aid station, and walk up the hills, which at the beginning there was only one, and I did that for like eight miles. Awesome. What do you get at aid stations? Like what's your go-to? Chips, pretzels, mainly chips, but the first few aid stations didn't have chips. Yeah. And water because the Gatorade was the same crap I won't drink. Yeah, I was really just getting the Gatorade for the sugar, but I was doing water. I would I would always get two things of water, one in my mouth, one over my head, and then uh, Gatorade, and then I love Lay's potato chips because that's salt. So I would do Lay's potato chips, and then I'd get like another water at the end. So I'm getting like two waters in my mouth. And then as the race progresses, I would start alternating. Like I would do, like I would get flat Coke sometimes and then some not. Didn't want to. What you can run into is like overloading the food 
and you just start getting sick to your stomach because now you ate too much or you yep. put too much stuff in there. Yeah. And then you try to run, then you just feel sick. Yep. Yeah, I did that at like mile 10. And so I didn't eat for a while. Yeah. But the, so the run itself was pretty good for the first like seven or eight miles. And then you hit this hill called like Barton or something like that. Yeah, you cross the bridge. Yeah. And then you hit the hill. And then you hit this hill. And this is what I watch YouTube videos about. We typically don't watch. We, we don't study the courses because it, like it, it, it's like it's like Googling what's medically wrong with you. I mean, like everything's just, oh, it's terrible. You're going to die. Like, you know, like there's nothing good about it. So you just look at the course. You see kind of how much elevation there is. All right, cool. Go get it. Direct me while I'm on the course. And uh, but that sucker was so seven miles is cool. And then it is like uphill for four miles four miles you get one good downhill you get one little downhill at the very beginning and when i when i say four miles uphill like we even drove it with megan and janelle yesterday like there's it's not like that rolling this morning or this morning yeah <laughs> it's not rolling it's like literally it's just like this but what's cool about it is they shut down basically the whole road and you were talking about earlier, Kim, that like they bring all the people out there. It's a big old block party. Yeah, all the neighbors come out, set up their tents, block party, shots of beer for the runners, which that's gross. Horrible. I did not partake. They were gone by the time I passed it the second time. So, somebody, oh wow, somebody did. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a block party. They clearly enjoyed drinking to watch us suffer while running by their houses on the hill. Yeah. And you know, at that part, so my goal was to run the whole marathon and I ran probably like, let's say 90, 95% of it. I was running every mile, walking every aid station. And, and I'll tell you my strategy, Kim, and then you can tell me what your strategy was. So you do two loops and I'm looking at, uh, I look, I looked at how fast it took me to run the first 13 miles and I knew I had to do it again. And I kind of added some time in there cause I knew I was going to slow down probably. And I start figuring out like what I need to run at. And I'm like, okay, you've already been through this Barton Hill once. And it was very, very challenging. And you're going to have to do it again. So what's your plan going to be? And I said, all right, well, I know the first seven miles of the run are, they're hard, they're not easy, but it's not this hill. So I need to put everything in to these seven miles because there's no way that I can run this hill. Like nobody ran the entirety of this hill maybe the pros but like you're no you're not going to do that it was it was that big so i was sticking to my plan run every mile walk every aid station run every mile walk every aid station and i would be real strict on my aid station like cannot walk until you reach the aid station must run when the aid station's over when you pass those four tables and uh then when i got to the hill i was like all right here's what i'm gonna do I'm going to run for two minutes, walk for one, run for two minutes, walk for like something to go up this hill um, for like the four mile segment. And then anytime that it would get remotely flat, I'm starting to run again. And when she talked about math earlier, I started looking at, I wanted to finish under, I was pretty confident I could do under 1330, but I thought under 13 hours would be awesome. And I actually got under 12 and a half hours and I started doing the math on it. And I kind of broke down the average of how fast I needed to run. And then I just kept trying to stay above that average. So I had gap time if I needed to walk. So that's how I kind of navigated that hill because it was four miles twice. So eight miles of the 26 miles. What would, uh, what was your strategy on the run? Um, you well, met that guy for a little bit too, right? 
Yeah, my one-on-one friend. Yeah. Well, I left. I left transition at four thirty-five, and I had I had no no goals. Just finish. I didn't really care what my time was going to be. So just to finish, and then run aid station to aid station. So I started running my aid station to aid station. Got to mile eight. Kind of felt. Wasn't sure how I felt, so I kind of took it easy the next few miles. That's when we got to the hills, and I would run halfway up the hill and then walk the rest, run the downhill, run the flats, and then did ran halfway up the hill. I think I had to walk a flat for a little bit, um, and then I we found our friend, our massage massage lady. Oh yeah, and Renee, our massage lady's out there. I didn't know she's gonna be there. <laughs> yeah, me either. So I saw her at mile eleven. And so she she motivated me to run, and so I started running again until I got to the hill on the way back. Um, and then we got to our halfway bags in the run, and I got some more ibuprofen and some Oreos. So, Do you like talking to people on the run? Yeah, I talk to everybody. I hate it. I talk to all the people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's awesome, but like... I don't want to talk on the podcast, but I'll talk to the people dying. Yeah, when I when you they try to talk to me and they're just like, "So how you doing?" And I'm like, "Freaking, I'm doing the same you are right now. <laughs> promise." I don't want to talk about it. I'm 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 miserable. I just want to get to the finish line. Yeah, but it's fun. You get to suffer together. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's just like like bros. Like we don't have to talk a lot. Like I just know. I know you're in pain. Why yeah. Why can't we just stand next to each other and run? I will know exactly how you're feeling. Oh, I we talked about all sorts of stuff, but then. I met, then I made a mile 13, Yep, feeling better. And so I did my aid station to aid station again. And then I got to mile 17 and I was feeling really good. And I met this guy and we did one minute on, one minute off at a pretty good pace. And I kept looking at my watch and I was like, I had a goal at the halfway point that I could cross by 1030. And then I was with this guy running and we just talked about life. I know what he does for work. He knows what I do for work. We know all sorts about each other. No idea what his name is, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of special, though. I mean, I, I get the scenario. Yeah. No idea what his name is. Um, and then looked at my watch, and I was like, I definitely can beat 1030. I think I could get across the finish line at 10 o'clock. Yeah, you're saying time of day. Yeah, yeah, time of day. And so I was like, I think I can cross the finish line at 10 o'clock. And if I cross the finish line by 10 o'clock, I would be under... 13 hours or under 14 hours. I'd be have a 13 in the front, which would be amazing for me. Yeah. So I told him at mile 21, which was at the start of the hills that I was leaving him. I was like, we got five more miles and I'm leaving you. And so I did. And I just ran the last five miles. Basically I ran as hard as I could for five miles and just walked when I was exhausted on the hills, but power walked as fast as I could power walk. I was walking. Did uh did you ever get gut punched on the run? Mm-mm. I did mile twenty one to like twenty three, and I started having like all these conversations with myself, like like at that time. So I knew I was gonna beat thirteen hours, and that was like my stretch goal. And I'm like, dude, I could walk it in right now and still beat thirteen hours. And uh, but I was like, don't do that to yourself. Like, don't overdo it and go crazy. But like, I I just had to keep pushing because what was happening is like my aerobic system was fine i could still like breathe through my nose and like i was running like a normal pace but my muscles started breaking down and it was hard for me to like stand up straight and 
<clears throat> and you start wanting to you start wanting to like take it easy. And I was like, nah, dude, you have got to push. And then when I saw the the idea. I have to move. Oh no. She's very uncomfortable. When I saw the idea that I could get under 12 and a half hours that I didn't even think was reasonable at that time. Um, I was like, dude, you got to kick it into gear. And I think the last mile and a half, I think the last mile and a half, I ran at like an eight minute pace. I felt like I was flying. I mean, everybody yeah. that I was passing at the last two miles was like, dang, look at that girl. So, I mean, I had to be going fast, right? Yeah. I think also too, when people take it easy, they take it too easy. Like when you talk about walking up that hill, and you're like, I'm power walking. Oh, yeah. I was booking like, it. Some people like literally just like shuffle. Like they don't. And I'm like, come on. We got to work. Like we got to keep moving forward. I mean, that was us the first time. Yeah. That we was. We had a party, I feel like, the last time. We were just having fun. Yeah. I did not do. I was not doing well. Like I got no, so sick. you weren't doing good. Like we beat our old time by like three hours. Yeah. That was wild. <laughs> but anyway, so we get to this run. We get done, and uh, I don't know about you, but, man, running through that finish line, I know the Ironman we did before in Kentucky had an amazing finish line. It's supposed to be, like, the best in the world. But this was super cool. I don't know. I just felt it was special that, like, everybody stuck their hand out, and I got to, like, high-five everybody running down. And I was like, that's kind of neat. And um, I didn't get that experience. That was uh, – it was, it was just – it was cool, man. I had a really good time running down that finish line. I did try not to cry. I started yeah. crying when I got into the line of people and I couldn't breathe, so I had to suck it up. <laughs> I couldn't. I literally couldn't breathe, so I had to suck it up. <laughs> suck it up until you finish. Yeah. And then I cried for a second, and then I was okay. What do you think about And this is the last thing we'll talk about before we go into questions and stuff. What, uh, what do you feel about not wanting to eat, but you had to eat? Oh, I never had that problem. What do you mean? Oh, I just... I was fine eating. See, I don't want to eat. Oh, no. And I had to eat. ate four pieces of pizza and two Cokes. Oh, you mean after? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't eat. I ate half a piece of pizza that I threw on the ground and picked yeah. it back up and ate it. <laughs> I hate eating a after the, the deal, but I know that we need the sugar and carbs back in our body. I mean, that's all you burned for 12, 13, 14 hours. And I drank like, I don't know what, five, five sips of the Sprite. Yeah. Because I didn't have regular Gatorade. That is the only time it's appropriate to slam sugar back into your body. Which, uh, all right, let's start going through these questions. Before we go into, uh, we got our live questions here. We have, somebody asked about eating. Oh, yeah. During race fuel. So these are the questions we got. During race fuel and why. So like, what do you, what do you eat uh, and why? I eat, what did I eat in the morning? We ate bagels in the morning. No, during race. Oh, um, Uncrustables, lots of Uncrustables, potato chips, and water. Why Uncrustables? Because you said two <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, but I didn't know if, like, if there was a reason you kept doing it because I don't really do them anymore. Um, because they're good. Yeah. I do cliff bars on the bike. Oh, and granola bars. Yeah. Because yep. they're also yummy. I do cliff bars on the bike. I eat a cliff bar every hour. Um, I try to eat about 250, 300 calories an hour. So every 40 minutes to an hour, I'm eating a cliff bar. I ate seven cliff bars on the bike. Woo. And uh, um, 
I drink every 20 minutes and my water can, I uh, put a noon tablet in it. It's all electrolytes. And then I'll do a gel as needed um, on the run. So in training, in training, I actually don't run farther than like 11 miles. Um, Cause I, I, we both kind of feel this way. Like in training, you're going so far, like you don't have aid stations out there. You just need a good quality run session, um, whether that's intervals or distance or whatever. And then in the run, uh, like when I have aid, I'll do Gatorade and uh, I really like salty foods because it helps you hold in the water. Um, it's like the Lay's potato chips and stuff. I agree. And shot blocks. Next question. What's your favorite uh, part, swim, bike, or run? Run. I would say, I would say mine's the bike. Gross. Yeah. You don't get to see anybody. There's no excitement. And it is the only part that you can get disqualified or can't finish because of a malfunction that's not your fault yeah uh which course do you prefer better louisville or chattanooga louisville yeah me too what uh what surprised you about the race your time people etc um my time did yeah i didn't think i was gonna do that good i mean i i decided i was gonna do this in may yeah. Mitchell did his half. I said I was done. I couldn't commit anymore after we signed up after pandemic. And no, we was, signed up before pandemic. Well, that's what I'm saying. We signed yeah. up before pandemic. They got canceled. I said I couldn't do it anymore. I'm done. I didn't do the half and then watched him do it and regretted it. And I just said, I'm going to suck it up. And so I sucked it up. May, what was that? 17th or something? 19th? 18th? I don't know. Something like that. And here I am. So that goes into the next question. What keeps you motivated with the half and the full being pushed back? Because that's pretty challenging. I'm going to train, train, train. Oh, just kidding. Clearly, I wasn't motivated <laughs> until I went back to the race and was like, I forgot how cool it was to be able to say, hey, I did that and the experience and just how supportive literally every stranger known to man is. I mean, it doesn't matter who you see. They're going to cheer for you and say how great you are doing, even though you're dying and walking. Um you know, and it's just a really cool experience to go through. So that's really what motivated me to keep going. Yeah. I mean, I had to take basically a month off too with my skin cancer surgery and then opening Roswell in the middle of training. I took a month off. Yeah. That was in the last like 25% of training too. That's when I was, was only awful. getting, that's only when I was getting a little nervous. I was like, Oh no, I didn't think I'd be able to finish. Cause I remember after that, if I didn't commit to my six week rest of training that I was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But yeah, no, for me, it was just like, I kind of lump it in there with like everything else. Like I'm, it's, it's just, I don't know why it has to be such a deep answer, but it's just like, it's, I don't, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And if I say I'm going to do something, then I have to follow through with it. And I just, I, I don't, it just cause it got pushed off for, you know, make up whatever reason I can't not see it through because I feel like I failed. Like I, I used I used motivation as an excuse. I used Corona as an excuse. Like, this is how I look at it. I don't know if that's right way or wrong way. I don't really care. I'm just saying for me, I'm like, well, I still got to do it. So there's that. Um, toughest part of the training process. Just committing to training. Yeah. Just having to do it, knowing that you have to do it. Like I did. I think I did. Tuesdays was a Peloton day. Thursdays was a big run day and then Sundays was massive training bike day possibly run day like after the bike 
And then any day I wasn't doing that, I was at the strong side. And maybe I'd put a swim in there on like a Friday morning. But some days you just didn't want to, but you knew you had to. Yeah, I would say that's the hardest part too. But it's like a, it's a gift and a curse at the same time. Because like for me, it was like, okay, what's the hardest part? Committing to all this training and doing all this training. Okay. But it's also a giant pro because you're, you get to organize your life so much. So like, I think a lot of times we just, we don't take on a lot. So we don't do a lot. And you're like, oh man, how do you get all this done in a day? Well, it's because you're, you're, you're choosing to like not do this and not do that or whatever. So you start like saying, I'm going to do an Ironman and I'm going to do like all these other things. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to coach the baseball team. You start like putting these things in there. I don't know if, I don't know if taking a lot out is the answer. Sometimes when you add stuff, it gets you to think more creatively and you're, you're better. You're more diligent. You're winning at things more often. So like as hard as it is to commit to it, I think that's a big win to, to committing to enough rather than not committing to much. I, I knew you were going to say one word answer there, but, but I, I, I like it. I, I really like it. Um, all right, let's see our live questions. I'm going to have to lean in like this DJ Mitchie Mitch right here. Why don't you just pull the computer closer? Uh, because it messes up the camera angle. Let's see. Any, any reasons, any reason why you don't run together? Because he's faster. Um, by a lot, <laughs> so, by like a whole hour on the run. So uh, it's a little bit that, so I caught her on mile like five on the bike and I knew she was ahead of me on the swim. And I said, all right, if I catch her later on the bike, it definitely means that I'm not doing well. Like if I catch her 60, 70 miles in, I'm just gonna stay with her. I'm gonna run the whole thing, but I only caught you five miles in. And I was like, well, I think I can reach my goal time. And uh, we're going to, I said, if you see me again, we'll finish the whole thing together because it yeah. means I'm dying. I think we already had that experience. And this one was more about, this one was more about him doing what he wanted to do. And I just committed to say I was going to finish. So just let him do it. And I'll just be back there finishing. Two different experiences though, doing it together and doing it solo. Yep. Like that was, that was neat. Um, how, uh, how sore are y'all today? I am very sore. Very sore. I think I'm doing better than you, but yeah. I don't know. I'm really, really tired right now. I'm really struggling. You made, you made a good point that, um, it's probably because of all the surgeries I've had, mm -hmm. like on so. foot, knee, I mean, shoulder, like all, just the, yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily feel it, but just had a lot, but a lot of the run, I think a lot of the run is on the concrete. Well, yeah, it's an Iron Man. They're all in concrete. And it, that hurt. I would so much rather be on the side of the road or something. Yeah. Um, my knees hurt. My hip, or not my hips, my knees and my ankles. My knees and ankles hurt. My IT band all by the side of my knee, like both of them all around my knees, they hurt so bad. Like I'm not like in pain, like nothing's broken. I'm saying like that is so sore. My feet hurt yep. to stand on. I don't want to walk. My back muscles are so sore down by my hips and kidneys because like you're leaned over on the bike and then you're like trying to stand upright on the run. And I just feel very weak. I don't have sore muscles. No sore muscles. 
Oh, okay. Good for I you. I only have <laughs> joint pain. Yeah. And I'm very tired. You want to go do one tomorrow? I'm very weak and I'm very tired. Oh, when I jogged over to get my finisher jacket this morning, I thought I was like, I'm about to break something. <laughs> I took three steps to jog towards that person. So check this out. We're long story short. You, you wake up the day after what's supposed to happen is they don't put out any of the finisher stuff until the day after the race. And then you wake up the day after the race and you go in there and you get your finisher jacket and you have to buy it, but whatever, you know, you want the finisher jacket. So we go in there and nobody had told us that they did that they already put out the finisher stuff and they sold it all. All right. And not only I'm getting so mad here. Not only did they tell us they're not tell us they were putting the finisher stuff out on Friday. When we got there, I saw that they had some finisher stuff out and I said, well, that's weird there. They never do that. So I went up to the front desk lady and I said, Hey, uh, are you guys going to have different finisher stuff out? on monday morning and she said oh yeah definitely we would not put that out early and i said all right cool then i'm not going to get it right now and then we come in this morning and that same dingbat lady was like hey just to let you guys know we've had our finisher stuff out all weekend and we're all sold out and i was like you turd like i looked her straight in the eye and asked but anyways they they had a couple left and they had sold out of everything and some lady in the back was like, I got four men's mediums left and that's all we got. And I'm a men's medium. And I freaking ran over there or what I attempted to feel like running, going back to the sore thing. And I took probably four steps and I thought my whole body was going to break in half, but I got my men's medium finisher jacket. Very, very upset at that lady, but whatever. We both got one, so it's okay. Yeah, she got one too. I don't know how. Nobody else in the store like lucked out. We just happened to luck out. Yep. Yeah, there was a. You want to talk about a whole line of angry Iron Man people? Like we're we're all it, it opens at seven a.m. and everybody gets there at like six, and there's like a line of all of us standing out the door because we all know the rules. We all know the rules that they don't put out finisher stuff until after you finish the race. And dude, I mean that was an angry group of people. Yep. But but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So, so other than that, I'm just, yeah, I think I need to hydrate a lot. I feel like really just warm and tired. And this morning I was not well, I, I was like real sick to my stomach last night. I woke up a couple of times. I didn't do anything. I thought I was going to throw up and it's like the worst. Have you felt like that at all? Um, the last one we did, I didn't feel like that last night really. I woke up at like four fifteen this morning and just was awake. Yeah, your body's just so freaking out. It doesn't know what to yeah. do. And we had to get up for our jackets. Yeah. So I was like, well, might as well just be awake. Yep. Um, do you stop along the way to use the bathroom? Absolutely not. I'm just kidding. Yes. I legit had a lady in front of me pee on her bike and then... Can you see it? Yes, I saw it. And then I had to get out of the way so it didn't get on me. Was it like spraying yes. back at you? <laughs> and I was like, are you joking? Do you not check to make sure nobody's behind you first before you do that? She That's legit hilarious. peed on her bike. Well, it's not... I mean, it is pee, but like at that stage in the rate, like nothing's in you. 
It's just like yeah. li- literally water. I mean, I don't care that she did it. That's up to you if that's what you want to do. I I don't I couldn't do that on the bike, but it was just gonna get on me. <laughs> Debris as I you're just biking. Didn't appreciate that. You should look behind you to make sure before you pee on yourself. I stopped three times to pee on the bike. Yep. Because 84. I was I was overhydrating. Um, like I was like I was like the weather was really good. And when the weather is really good, you can, one, people don't take in solid food and that screws them up mm-hmm. um, because they, they they feel like, oh, the weather's good. I'm not tired. No, no, no. You just don't feel the heat. I have to remember to drink water like yesterday. I yeah. was fine eating because I knew every like, you know, 30 minutes I was going to eat something. But I had to remember to drink water. The first like 20 miles, I was like, crap, I haven't even drank a whole water bottle. Yeah, so I'm like drinking like crazy just to make sure that I don't dehydrate. But I would never stop at um, at an aid station because what happens is on the aid stations, uh, that's where everybody stops. So I'm like, I'm going to lose like five minutes because there's like three porta potties and 18 cyclists. Where'd so, you stop? Uh, there was like an old abandoned gas station and I pulled to the side of the old abandoned gas station and uh, just... Went to the bathroom real quick. Uh, I didn't have a porta potty line, so I yeah. walked right in every time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, not the dudes. Um, I not the uh, dudes. I was with the dudes. It oh, I don't know what I'm saying. Women's race. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I always did. Went behind a tree one time. I mean, I was courteous, but I'm like, I like. We all know. Look, I'm not. It, we all know we're in a race. Don't yeah, look. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And, uh, but, and I actually thought that I had a good skill there because I didn't have to wait for five minutes for a porta potty. Okay. So, pro tip, everybody. Um, I'm sure everybody's signing up right now since they got that pro tip. I, and I was, so honestly, I was a little worried. Um, I never peed on the run. And I was, I was a little worried about that. But I, I, my hydration felt good. I was drinking a lot. Um, I don't know why I didn't. So the concern about that is that when you stop sweating and when you stop peeing, your body starts like shutting down and uh, you're you're probably really dehydrated. So it's a good thing to have to go to the bathroom. Um, And that's one thing that we look for a lot. And then you look at the the color of your urine and you try to make sure that it's not very concentrated. You want to be as clear as possible. That's hard to do in a race like that, but that'll tell you how dehydrated you are. but yeah, I was, so I mean, I only got dizzy for like two or three miles. I got kind of on that mile 21 to 23 I was talking about. Um, I was getting kind of dizzy and I walked uphill and I like nursed a Gatorade for a little bit. And I was like, all right, you're good. You're good. You just need to, you need to get some sugar back up. I went to the bathroom six times on the run. On the run? Mm-hmm. Yep. But every time I went to a porta potty, I got dizzy. Yeah. Those little hot cubes. Yeah. So I thought I wasn't okay, but I was okay. I'm drinking coconut water right now. I'm gonna refuel my electrolytes. It's like this has got to be like a half gallon. No, I don't know what it is. It's probably what third of a gallon. It's thirty-three ounces. Oh really? They just put it in a big box. I don't know. It looks real big. But um, do you wake up super early? 
the morning after to get your race jacket swag. Uh, hey, Mary Dennis, just answered that question. Um, still mad at the lady for that. But yes, typically you wake up. We got up at like 530 to go get there. Um, so yeah. Let's see. Jeff Coggin said, you swam in an hour. Pros took like 45 minutes, so you're basically a pro. Thank you. I agree. Jeff Coggins also did. Did you pee on the bike? Uh, great little story. How's the tan coming along? It is coming along great. Look at that bad boy. Yeah. All on my arms, on my legs. She yells at me all the time because apparently I don't use enough sunscreen. You don't. I try the the wrist tan. See if you can get this. These uh, maybe not that. Definitely the watch. The watch tan lines. They're super solid. Um, I tried from yesterday. Yeah, all from yesterday. The the thing was is that you didn't put sunscreen. I don't have any of those. No, I put um I put sunscreen on. But the aggravating thing was typically what happens is they have people out there with gloves and they put the gloves all on the um, table, like in sunscreen, and then they put sunscreen on you. And that's always extremely helpful. But uh, it, it was extremely helpful. But this year, they only gave us little, little, little teeny tiny packets of sunscreen. Did you, did you see this joke of sunscreen? They laid out all these little teeny tiny packets. Yeah, a lady opened mine for me because I asked her to. Well, so in the dude tent, with the no light in the locker room, they told us to go over by this little table and uh, all these little teeny tiny packets of sunscreen. I had to open 14 little teeny tiny that's packets because, of sunscreen. No, I got one and I had plenty because she squeezed it all out for me perfectly. And that's probably because guys have to run the guy's tent. And it's and just not like, nearly as efficient. Exactly. Well, so the women's tent, very efficient. They don't help you with anything. Well, so I got sunscreen all over my body and which also means it's on my face and 30 miles in the sunscreen went in my eye and it didn't come out for 30 miles. So mile 30 to 60, I'm biking with one eye because I can't wipe the sunscreen out of my eye. Cause I got sunscreen on my fingers. So thanks. <laughs> I also just borrowed a lot of other ladies, um, spray on sunscreen. I told them all that I had skin cancer. So they let me use it. What do you do? You just walk into like an announcement like, hello, I have skin cancer. I saw him spraying sunscreen on and said, hi, you'll be my best friend if I can use that. I've had skin cancer. Oh, my God. All right. But, uh, but yeah, so I tried to hustle on that sunscreen. Uh, Holly said she'd be so mad if she didn't get her swag. She's surprised isn't included. Um, yeah, so... So going back, the shirts we have on are included. Yeah, we got this shirt and this medal <laughs> and, and a, a hat. And a hat. Yeah. And a bag. Yay! But you know this. All right. So, so you do get some cool stuff, but the bag they give you, I don't understand why it can't be at the same quality as the bags you buy online. So, like, I have an Iron Man bag that I bought online, and then I get this bag for doing the race, and you can tell that it was made at like this quality, like way down here, and that was kind of frustrating. The finisher jacket and stuff, I get. Like, you know, it's a business. They want you to go in there and they want you to, like, spend money. And I don't mind doing it because I'm proud to wear it for finishing the race. I was just really angry that they didn't freaking tell us. Mm -hmm. I agree. They should have just said something. 
Yeah. And then I'm getting real tired if I'm going to blame it on COVID stuff. And I'm like, no, your lack of communication, you could have put a sign out. Yeah. Saying that this is the actual official Iron Man finisher gear. You could have sent an email that said, hey, guys, I know typically we put stuff off. We put stuff out on Monday morning, but we're going to like you could have done something. That's what I was going to do. But hey, we got him. I just wish mine was one size bigger. Let's see. Why do some people carry a million things on their body and y'all had nothing on your body? That's a pretty good question. Um, I mean, I feel like we probably should carry a million things. We just don't. We're not like official triathletes. Yeah. Like I watched it. So top two go to Ironman Hawaii and the top two in my division did it like three hours faster than me. Like, what do you, what do you do? Like, how do you, how I mean, like to not be a professional, like to work a real job, how are you doing it that much faster? The top one in my division was in 10 hours. Cause I'm, I'm not slow. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm like, Oh my goodness. It's crazy. But, um, uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like a lot. Like, so my body doesn't react crazy different to things. I think that's why I used yeah. to try all this different stuff. I used to try different goos. I used to try like different, whatever. And I noticed that I had the exact same experience. So I don't, I don't, the only thing that's ever messed with me is this Gatorade endurance stuff. I've tried to make it at home. I had it on the course. It doesn't sit well with my stomach. Yeah. I personally can't just run. I can't run with anything. Yeah, I don't want to hold stuff. Either. I hate it. Yeah. I, I literally, that's all I focus on. So I just can't do it. And they have everything out there for you every single mile. So you can survive. Yeah. I like, I watched a guy, um, I didn't watch him. I ran by it. Clearly somebody had dropped it like a pack of all these goos, like six or eight of them, like taped together. And I'm like, you are going to run with that. And then I guess he just dropped on the ground. Didn't want yeah, I don't, oh, I don't I know. I saw a guy on the bike. He dropped an itty-bitty baggie full of, I don't even know what was in there. Something so small you couldn't see it. He stopped his bike so he could go back and pick it up. Must have been really important. Very important. Man, I on so at the very end of the swim, when I was trying to get out of the water, uh, I did a swim stroke, and I grabbed some. Somebody had lost their watch, like right in front of me, and I touched somebody's watch in my hand. I tried to find it. Um, but I couldn't find it. I was like, man, that dude's day just now it sucks. Like he probably had his whole life on his watch and I just, I could feel that I was touching a watch and I was like, man, that, that sucks. Um, are we going to sleep with our medals on? We might Bree. You never know. We might. <laughs> I definitely, I forgot that I had it on. At breakfast, first off, this thing's so big. It's like, what are you supposed to do with it? Like, I can't like put it in my pocket or anything. Um, but anyway, so I for, kind of forgot that I had it at breakfast this morning. I'm like walking all around the place this, with this giant metal. But the thing is, is like nobody knows. Like nobody, like like nobody knows what an Iron Man is. It's only cool in the city you did it in, and then after that, it's not cool anymore. For like five minutes, like when I go limping into the grocery store tomorrow, like yeah. no, everybody's gonna be like, "What's wrong with that guy?" That's what I told today. I said it's funny. I said you, you know, you go, you do it. It's so cool. Last night, everybody's like, "Oh, congratulations!" This morning, "Oh, congratulations!" And then you drive home, and then 
Tuesday, every single one of us that completed Ironman on Sunday, we go back to work and nobody cares that we did that. Yeah. And that's what I think makes it so humanizing and equalizing is um, like we were standing in line for the swim and this guy is right. Um, he was going to, he did the race yesterday. So it's not like he was downplaying others. And he goes, I don't want to, he goes, I don't want to take anything away from what we're doing, but anybody could do it. And I, nope. he's like, if you trained enough, it, it, it's not like you have to do it if you wanted to do it. Right. And not that you should do it. It's just that if somebody is going to use can't as, as leverage, it, that's not true. Yeah. And, anybody can do it. Like anybody can lose 10 pounds. Yeah. Same thing. And, and to your point about it being, it is very humble in that sense. Like that's why you have to be so okay with you. Like, like my aunt texts me and, and she was wishing me congratulations and all that stuff. And that was great. And she was like really focusing on what place I got. And I was like, I don't even know what place I got. I don't really care. Like I just, it's, it's gotta be for you. Yeah. So somebody asked me how fast I did it. And I said, I told them and they were like, is that good? And I was like, anybody that crossed the finish line did good. Yeah. Like, time, like what time doesn't matter. I mean, to me in this. Well, that really matters. Cause then you'll just, you'll never be satisfied. It's gotta be for you. It's gotta be about you. You have to know your goals and your plan. Um, and yeah. And, and Bree said, yeah, I'm sure you forgot about my medal. Yeah. And I just realized that I was in there with my finisher shirt, my finisher jacket, my finisher medal, and my finisher hat. <laughs> Whoops. And nobody knew I even did it. I'm like, hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> hi. This is, this is my medal. <laughs> um, you forgot Holly. Which one? Will you do another Iron Man? I was saving that one for last. Oh, that was sorry. the big was question. Last. Um, last. Well, I mean, you already talked about it now, but anybody can ask anything. I feel now. like look, I don't feel like she had another question at the end. I don't know. Uh, but will you do another Iron Man? I think I'm officially retired. Is this the announcement? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, it's not that I can't sign up. I yeah, yeah. I just, I think I'm. I don't enjoy training and. I only enjoy race day. I enjoy running. I don't, I hate biking so much. Yep. And so I, I thought might it, be, I might be done. I'll do a half. Halves are, uh, why are halves? I describe it as, is a half going from a half to a full. Yes, it's double the distance, but it's four times as hard. I agree. I think. I think I don't know if I'll do another one or not because so, I think I think doing two is pretty cool because it's like you meet a lot of people that have done one but like doing two I'm like oh, that's that's kind of neat like not many people have ever done two and I always had like a thing right like that's just how I do things I need like a purpose and I wanted to do so the first Iron Man that I did I DNF'd because I was an idiot I was going out way too fast and stuff and I was 21 I was just whatever. So I didn't finish it. You and I met and we trained for that Louisville and we went back to the race, same course, same everything that I had not completed before. We did the whole thing together. Like that had a lot of special meaning to it. And, um, and then this one was, you know, it started one way. Like we were, we had like 40 people and we we're all going to do this half Ironman for the gym and then COVID happened and whatever, but it had like a reason like, dude, see it through, you know, you know, don't let this end it like, you know, whatever. And 
I don't here, here's what I'm thinking is on the swim, I was like, I'll do another one. Like I'm in the middle of swimming and then on the bike, I was like, No, this is stupid. I don't ever know I'm done. And then And then the run, you're like, I could do another one. I'm having fun. And I think it has to do with like being around people, but there would need to be a thing. So like I don't think I would want to do another one to just do another one. Like, you know, oh, Iron Man Lake Placid, that's supposed to be a cool place. Like, let's go there and do it. Like, I'm not into that. But like, I mean, I've always really wanted to qualify for Iron Man Hawaii. Like since I was like 16 and saw it on TV. So then the question becomes, do you do you do you want to put that much time into it? Because there's always a trade-off. Like, how much time are you gonna put into that? Or is that going to take from other areas? Like, is that something you want to do? I'm just saying, I, w- I don't think I would do another one to do another one. There would have to be a reason. Like, like if if you one day were like, you know what? I'm coming out of retirement. I want to do another one. And there was like a reason to go do it. Like I, I do- said in maybe 10 years. But you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I'm not going to be that guy. Didn't you meet a guy that had done 11 Ironmans? Yeah. And then I met another guy that did Ironman Maryland last weekend. And then he did Ironman Chattanooga yesterday. I'm not doing that. No, that's yeah. dumb. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm also not interested in like not training for a few years and then trying to like go back and like qualify for Ironman Hawaii. I met a lady that does one every year. And then she said she tried to do two one year and that was horrible. But she does one every single year. Just, just you know, to keep in shape? Yeah, she's, I don't know, almost 60. Hmm. It's kind of cool. All right, so if you guys have any questions, comment them below, and we will answer them. Otherwise, we're going to wrap this thing up. But thanks for tuning in and all that stuff. And uh, hopefully you kind of enjoyed the uh, the story. It was a lot of fun. Um, what was your favorite part? Of what? The race. Oh, the run. Any specific part? Um, crossing the finish line. Yeah. I mean, that's the best part. Yeah, no, it was... Um, Getting off my bike. That was really good. The finish line and having them put that medal around my neck. Like, I know that sounds cliche. They put the medal around my neck. Oh. Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know if they were going to. I just, I honestly just stuck my head over. <laughs> I was like, here you go. I'm ready. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, yeah, that was like the buildup of the whole day. Like just everything. And I was like, oh, you did it. Yep. Yep. Well, I am very proud of you. I think you did awesome. And uh, way to just crush your time and way to just follow through and dominate. You too. Thanks. Welcome. All right, guys. Well, you have any questions? Uh, hit me up. I'll answer them. I will see you guys back in the gym on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to be working from home tomorrow. Uh, I'll be resting my body a little bit more. But, um, Appreciate it. And uh, oh, look, Ollie made a special guest appearance in the podcast. Come here. But, um, but yeah, man, so it was a really good experience. We do appreciate all your words, all your outreach from writing on the course to text messages to whatever, man. You guys are awesome. I thought about you guys so much out there. And uh, I appreciate it. Let's all go reach our goals together. Let's dominate together and let's just rise up and crush it. <laughs>